Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by the one and only Michael Cohen. And to get Cohen's perspective on all of the breaking news today is just going to be a pure joy. In breaking news number one, the Independent has just reported that special counsel Jack Smith is considering bringing a superseding indictment against Donald Trump and other co-conspirators, get this, with potentially 35 to 40 more criminal counts to be brought against Donald Trump relating to his theft of classified documents and national defense information. And some of these counts and charges can be brought potentially in a different venue other than Judge Eileen Cannon's court. The New what'd York you, what'd Times. You think of, what'd you think of that tweet there, pal? Right? Talk about talk about being prescient. Uh, well, you 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 called it, Cohen, and I want to talk about that. And the New York Times is reporting that the grand jury is still issuing subpoenas in connection with the stolen document case. Michael Cohen warned you, but Trumpers didn't listen. Trump's lawyers seem to be the next group of co-conspirators who are going to be charged by special counsel Jack Smith and I think eventually by Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis. And of course, we've now learned that Rudy Giuliani, Kaludi duty Rudy Giuliani, gave a voluntary interview with Jack Smith as part of a proffer agreement. We got to get Cohen's reaction to that. We've got also breaking news of three individuals that have been indicted in federal court in New York in connection with an insider trading scheme of $22 million in unjust profits relating to the Trump SPAC digital world acquisition company that's trying to merge with Trump media and one of the individuals who has been indicted as a was a former board member of digital world acquisition company donald trump filed a disgusting cross complaint against e jean carroll accusing her of defamation even though she prevailed at trial and the jury awarded her five million dollars joe takapina refused to sign the cross complaint only alina haba signed the frivolous filing and just before we went live, we learned that federal judge Lewis Kaplan denied Donald Trump's summary judgment motion um, in E. Jean Carroll's other defamation case against Donald Trump set for trial in January of 2024. We've got that and a lot more to discuss if we have time for it. Uh, we'll definitely speak about it in the podcast I'm doing with my brothers, but we can talk about uh, the reaction to this uh, case by the United States uh, Supreme Court ruling that universities and colleges cannot factor into admission decisions any type of diversity factor or criteria at all. Only military academies will now be able to uh, focus on diversity when it comes to sending minorities into war based on this hypocritical and I think horrifically written decision. But where do we start, Cohen? I mean, so much breaking news. You called it, you were prescient, that you thought a superseding indictment was um, going to be filed. We're hearing that that seems to be where Jack Smith's going. What are your thoughts? I, I almost feel like I should be a DJ, right? Wah, 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 wah. Because all of a sudden, everything that we talked about, we talked about it, Ben, on this show about two months ago when we first started the beatdown. And I said, I see superseding indictments coming. You know, one thing about Jack Smith is that he's methodical. And he's methodical in that he starts with A, and then he'll work his way to B and then C all the way down till he finishes getting to what's left, you know, as they, you know, as they would say, you know, whatever's whatever meat's left on the bone. Rudy Colludi, drunken Giuliani, is going to be just like so many thrown under the bus by Donald. He's going to get run over. And the fucking craziest thing is when he looks up as that bus is just about ready to run over his sternum. He's going to look out the window. He's going to look up and looking out the window to make sure that he's running over the body. But good is going to be Donald driving the bus because that's what Donald does. He doesn't give a shit. And Kaludi, like so many of us, for some unknown reason, we think that things are going to be better, that Donald is never going to do that to me. Now, another thing that you remember, we talked about it on our last um, episode with our brigaders. Turned around and I said that somewhere along the line, Rudy Kaludi 
is or spoke about having an insurance policy. I truly wonder whether he spoke about the information that he was referring to, what he termed to be the insurance policy to ensure that he doesn't end up like I did behind, you know, well, I wasn't behind until, of course, the solitary confinement, but you end up in a federal correctional institution. I assure you, that's not where Kaludi wants to spend his last days. So let's break it down. A few different things. Yesterday, we learned about the Rudy Giuliani proffer agreement, which took place earlier this month. You know, in a proffer agreement, someone who is a target or a criminal defendant, a target of the Department of Justice, agrees basically to sit there with basically no promises given and as part of their cooperation, maybe get leniency, but they have to say everything in the proffer agreement. There's no subject that's off limit. There's no invoking Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. When you show up for the proffer agreement, it's sometimes referred to as queen for the day because your statements made during the proffer agreement usually are subject to a limited derivative use immunity agreement. If you lie, you can be prosecuted for lying. If prosecutors have independent information of your crimes, you can be charged with that. But if they learn something new during that meeting, you can't be charged in a proffer agreement. This has been described as a proffer agreement, which would seem to suggest that Giuliani is cooperating. When you heard the news that Giuliani is cooperating, was there any surprise by you? Do you think the timing makes sense right now? And how damaging do you think this is to Donald Trump? Well, it's never good for Donald when somebody that's within his inner circle while he was doing bad things go and provide the information to a prosecutor, in this specific case, Jack Smith, right, in order to use when there's already an indictment pending against you. And hence, of course, the term, the superseding indictment. Do I believe that Rudy will provide information? Uh, absolutely. The problem, again, that he's going to have, and I'm talking about Rudy in this case, is that Donald doesn't use emails. He doesn't have an email address. He doesn't use text messaging. So he's going to have to use other people as corroborating witnesses in order to validate what it is that he's saying. But there's a lot more here than meets the eye. There are things that we don't even know that um, Jack Smith is looking at. I mean, it was something like 20 to 35 additional counts that they're contemplating on bringing, which would bring it up to potentially 70 plus um, counts against Donald. Nobody I don't care how Teflon you think you are. You're not Teflon enough to escape 70 counts, especially not, again, when you have a prosecutor with the qualifications uh, as Jack Smith has. And let's remind our viewers and listeners, though, that there are two separate and distinct criminal investigations and a case taking place, right? There's Donald Trump's theft of national defense information and classified documents. Donald Trump was indicted on that on June 8th. The arraignment was June 13th. So when we're talking about a superseding indictment, what we're talking about is relating to that case, the case so involving his right. So please, yeah, again, so people fully understand. It means that Jack Smith came into possession of new information that you add to the existing counts, hence the term superseding. And so, for example, where Donald Trump is showing people at Bedminster classified records, while Donald Trump has been charged so far with the willful retention of national defense information under the Espionage Act, there is a corollary to that of the showing transmitting, transmuting the classified information to people. And we know that that's something that Donald Trump did because we've heard the audio, for example, and the transcript is in the indictment. But 
Jack Smith made a tactical decision. We talk about an insurance policy. Jack Smith was smart. He realized, look, there's probably a 25% chance if I file in the correct venue in the correct division, West Palm Beach, that because of its link to Fort Pierce, I could get Judge Eileen Cannon. So we'll see where that goes. Crap, we got to sign Judge Eileen Cannon. You know, it was a randomized assignment. But he had a backup plan as well, which we talked about. Um, number one, I think the way he's aggressively pursuing things before Judge Eileen Cannon um, and taking charge and making clear the processes and procedures under SEPA, the Classified Information Procedures Act, he's doing a great job there. But there could be other jurisdictions where he files other charges. I'm not saying that's what he's definitely going to do if there's a superseding indictment, but there are crimes committed in Bedminster. There was likely crimes committed in other states. Those become venues where those crimes can be charged as well. And additional co-conspirators could be brought in. So if you're Donald Trump's aides who are there holding this classified material, if you're Liz Harrington, if you're Margot Martin, if you're Susan Wiles, who was the person, the PAC uh, person who Donald Trump was showing the maps to, you got to be very, very nervous right now. And so that's what those 25, 30, 40 more counts are related to. Superseding the indictment filed in connection with national defense information stolen by Donald Trump. That could take place in other venues. At the same time, because Jack Smith can uh, walk and talk and chew gum all at the same time while <laughs> prosecuting Donald Trump. He's got the grand jury in Washington, D.C. investigating election interference. And really, Rudy Giuliani is the key in the election interference insurrection case. And here are the topics that we believe special counsel Jack Smith was talking to Giuliani about, talking about um, John Eastman's fake elector plan, Sidney Powell's plan. Remember, Giuliani and Sidney Powell sent emissaries of the Trump campaign to uh, steal election data from election offices, like in Coffee County in Georgia. They stole proprietary election data. And here's the big one. Giuliani was at the Willard Hotel, which was the war room where Steve Bannon was there and uh, Mike Flynn was there and Roger Stone was there and Proud Boys were there. So to have an insight into this war room, you remember Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony where she said Mark Meadows wanted to go to that war room in Willard and Cassidy Hutchinson, who was Mark Meadows, one of top top aides to Meadows, like, what are you doing? And let's you know what they're doing too. Ben, let's not forget that Mark Meadows is somebody that also now has spoken to the special counsel. You know, it's never good. It's never good when, again, the people who are closest to you, especially when you have no respect for law, you have no respect for process, you have no respect for the Constitution, you have no respect for anything. When these people who were around you, that you shared the things that you were doing, especially the fact that most of them, or I should say many of them, are improper or possibly illegal. It's never good when you have someone like a Mark Meadows, when you have somebody like Rudy Giuliani that's providing testimony. If anything, if anything, what has Donald Trump seen? He's seen what happens when you have someone who's close to you provide information that's factually accurate, all right? And not to back down, which, look, one thing for certain, Rudy Giuliani knows this game. Rudy Giuliani was the head of the Southern District of New York's criminal division, all right? That's the place that they came after me at. Rudy Giuliani knows the game. He knows it very, very well, and he's playing the game to his benefit or whatever benefit might exist. He's playing it to the 10th degree, and none of this is going to ignore to Donald Trump's benefit. Donald is going to end up going down. Now, it's so funny because I hear this all the time, and my response is always the same. People say, yeah, 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 but, you know, uh, you got Alvin Bragg's case right now. You got a Tish James case. You also have now Jack Smith's case on the Mar-a-Lardo documents. Soon there's going to be, according to reports, uh, Georgia is going to file and the January 6th 
looks like they're finally ramping this up as well. There's so much that's going on. And I say to people, and I'm saying it to my brigaders here, so you understand where I'm coming from. Why are we handicapping which illegal act is worse than the other? And I explained it to someone like this. Two people get into a fight, and one guy slaps the other guy in the face. That is still an assault. Okay, second scenario. We'll call that the Alvin Bragg case. That is still an assault. Same case, but now the guy goes ahead, closes his fists, and hits him in the face. It's still an assault, though the damage is obviously going to be worse with a closed fist than with an open fist. Then take a third scenario. Now the guy has, you know, brass knuckles on and hits the guy. It's still an assault, all right, maybe to a higher degree, but it's still an assault with more damage. But each and every one of these, or the next one is the guy takes a baseball bat, right, and puts you into a coma. Again, it's an assault, and again, the consequences are greater, but nevertheless, it's still an assault. Why are we playing handicappers here? Each and every one of these acts are illegal, and each and every one of the prosecutors will put on their case in order to hold Donald Trump and others accountable, plain and simple. So stop worrying about which case is worse uh, than the other and which one should go first. Does anybody really care? And I refer to this continuously, whether it's MSNBC or CNN or in the press, as the Al Capone theory. They could not get Capone on murder, extortion, racketeering, uh, bootlegging, whatever. They got him on tax evasion. It is still a crime. And Teflon Don is going to be held accountable. You can mark my words on that. Can we talk about, though, and, and summarize the people who are cooperating with special counsel Jack Smith into the current criminal investigation into election interference. And remember, there's a number of aspects to that. There's what went down on January 6th itself during the insurrection. There's an investigation into money laundering and campaign finance violations. There's the fake elector scheme. There's Donald Trump's threats against state and local election officials, and then having proxies go in to steal election data like we saw in Georgia in Coffee County. But here's who we know is cooperating um, or who we believe to be cooperating. Now we know Rudy Giuliani, who was with Donald Trump, was in all the rooms where it happened. You know, like the Alexander Hamilton uh, play. He was in the room where it happened at all times. You got Mark Meadows, Donald Trump's chief of staff, who is almost certainly cooperating. We've reported here that Donald Trump's team are sending rat emojis when they talk about Mark Meadows. Uh, he, listen, I told that asshole at the House Oversight Committee, I told, I know what you're fucking doing. All right. I wish I was able to even speak the way that I'm able to speak here on the beatdown. I told him, I know what you're doing and I know the play that you're trying to run. It's not going to ignore to your benefit to the same extent that it certainly hasn't ignored to mine. And I warn you now, mind you, did that mean that Mark Meadows was going to listen to Michael Cohen? <laughs> nah. No, no chance. But you know what? I wish I could have a nice conversation with him and say, hey, schmuck, didn't I tell you? I told you what was going to happen, you dumb fuck. Giuliani, Another Mark Meadows, fuck. personal lawyer, chief of staff, and then Michael Roman, a name that maybe people haven't heard before, but Roman was the head of election day operations for Donald Trump and the person in charge of the fake elector schemes where these MAGA Republicans loyal to Donald Trump created forgeries, fraudulent, fake electoral certificates. Stupid can you be in states where Donald Trump lost to then candidate now President Joe Biden. And they said, we're the real electors. And they were going to, as part of their plan with Eastman, they were going to send that to Vice President Pence, now former Vice President Pence. And he was going to say, aha, I got two certificates, one the real one signed by the Secretary of State. And whoa, what's this? 
another certificate. Ah, I'm going to go with this certificate, the one that said Trump won. That was their freaking stupid traitorous plan. And when Pence was like, I'm not doing that, they said, okay, well, we're in insurrection mode. Michael Roman, responsible for the fake elector scheme throughout the country. So you got Giuliani, Meadows, and Roman. No one's oh, ever really broken down. Yeah, that, no, no, ben, there's way more than just those three that were involved in setting up the fake electorate. Um, there's at least dozens of people. They say that of the 45 potential new counts, that we don't even know exactly who Jack Smith is looking at because there's so much widespread participation in this corruption that we're all going to be shocked when these additional superseding yep. counts are filed. I think it's going to be something that's going to rock. Listen, when that shit happens, I don't care if it's not on our usual Tuesday or Thursday, Ben. All right. When that is going to be dropped, we're within 30 minutes of the announcement. We have to get on with our brigaders and we have to take that shit live because there's so many people that are going to be involved in this that it's going to be it's it's delicious. Let's let's just use that word. All right. It's going to be delicious because it's all about accountability. Look, if we're going to protect the country, if we're going to protect our democracy, if we're going to protect the Constitution, we need to ensure that these dirty de-doers all right, are held accountable. This is all about accountability and nothing more. Oh, absolutely. And um, look, we told the brigaders also there is a reason why special counsel Jack Smith was not requesting any uh, conditions on release, no gag order. People like we would get a gag order against. No, let him talk. Let him further incriminate himself. Special counsel Jack Smith put out the trap, which in normal circumstances shouldn't be a trap. It was just a very detailed indictment, very detailed. <laughs> and what did Donald Trump do? He bought it hook, line, and sinker and started saying, you know, I take the documents. They're mine. The Sox case. I mean, every single day in the past since the indictment, Every other day, at least Trump's right. either every day he's either posted or given a speech. But it seems every other day he's giving a speech further incriminating himself. And special counsel Jack Smith and their team are just saying, you know, what told they need, you ben, so. to call this that's case. what we're going to do. You know, what they need to call this case. If we can give it a name, it's the dirty deeds done in Donald's diaper. All right. That's what it is. It's the five D's. <laughs> I mean, that's just how stupid that this asshole actually is. Nobody has provided. Jack Smith with more incriminating evidence against Donald J. Trump and his band of sycophantic idiots than Donald J. Trump. I mean, you're right. It's not just Rudy Colludi. It's not just going to be um, this guy, uh, this guy Brown. There are so many people who had their hands, you know, for all you know, it's Walt Nada. It's going to be, you know, Dan Scavino, his social media guy. Whoever touched those documents, whoever moved those documents, whoever did anything that was unresponsive to the request for the return of the documents, this is all a gigantic conspiracy. And I believe, I really do believe that Jack Smith right now has taken the gloves off and we are going to see in short order and i'm not talking about a long period of time i'm talking about like real short order most probably before the even the end of this you know maybe for the middle of july we're going to see all of these um superseding indictments these up to 45 additional counts getting filed and again I can't wait to I can't wait for that to happen so that we can actually get more information uh, than you know what we're all speculating about. One of the things that was just so symbolic, I thought about how cowardly Donald Trump was, and I love this story from the arraignment on June thirteenth. Donald Trump was too cowardly to even look special counsel Jack Smith in the eyes. And it was reported Jack Smith was standing there, sitting there kind of mean mugging Donald Trump, just looking at him, looking at him, staring him down. And Trump, 
because he's a coward. You confront the bully, you can break him easily. And special counsel Jack Smith gets that. And there's some of the reporting as well is that there are lots of other audio recordings, which, by the way, Donald Trump will now have as part of the discovery that special counsel Jack Smith has turned over. But there are audio recordings the public doesn't even know that will show that Donald Trump was showing classified documents to additional people, according to this report by The Independent. So I think your timeline is spot on. I think we'll see a superseding indictment in July and possibly in another venue. I think the key date that special counsel Jack Smith's going to be waiting for is this July 14th hearing that has now been scheduled before Judge Eileen Cannon to go over procedures regarding the Classified Information Procedure Act, Procedures Act, the appointment of a classified information security officer, a CISO, who gets appointed in these types of cases. So, and I think they're going to evaluate that in terms of the ultimate venue decisions that they make. Right. But here's the part that I want our brigaders to sort of chuckle about. This isn't secret recordings that were done by the FBI where they planted a bug, right? Or, you know, even the one recording that I ever did of Donald, all right, um, which, again, to those of you who aren't aware, if you didn't read Revenge, you should, and then you'd know what I'm talking about. Um, I recorded it so that I could show David Pecker that Donald intended on paying him back the 150000 that David laid out for Karen McDougal, the other campaign finance violation that the Southern District of New York, you know, rammed up my ass on that one. But what's comical about this is equally comical as it related to like um, Woodward. And when Donald is given an opportunity to speak to a reporter and they take out a recording uh, device, whether it's their phone or a regular recording device, so that there's never a mix-up in terms of what Donald said and what he's saying today after he realizes he fucked up and he said what he shouldn't have said. This is not that there was a planted recording device and Donald got caught. This fucking idiot, all right, had a recording device stuck in his face and he still went ahead. He still went ahead and he's talking about documents, knowing very well that what he was saying was problematic, which is why he jumped into saying, well, but this is off the record. And then he turned around and he starts shuffling papers. And now he's claiming that they weren't these war plans that were allegedly given to him by, um, you know, by General Milley, by Mark Milley. Instead, he's claiming that they were golf shirts, that they were dirty diapers, they were newspaper clippings, they were, you know, uh, all of these personal love letters from Kim Jong-un. He's searching like a, like a desperate, desperate man. He is searching for an answer to exonerate him from what he knows is going to be the sledgehammer to his you know, to his foot that had the bone spur, that he had the surgery that kept him out of the military. And this, as we learn that three individuals have been indicted for insider trading relating to the Trump SPAC digital world acquisition company. There's a guy by the name of who is the guy? Schwartzman is is the guy. There's actually name. two of them. Yeah, there. Schwartzman, Schwartzman's brother, and then some other guy who worked at this venture capital firm that they created, you know, they they tried to make $22 million as a result of this insider trading scheme. You know, one of the things that a SPAC is not allowed to do when a special purpose acquisition company is formed, they can't speak with the target company before the blank check company or the SPAC goes public. Okay. And here, what it's alleged is that two months before the SPAC even went public, they were calling it inside the Trump SPAC. So how would you be calling this the Trump SPAC if there weren't merger discussions taking place before the SPAC Digital World Acquisition Company went public? You know, and it's weird, you know, New York Times basically goes out of its way to say 
Um, what do they say? None of the individuals arrested are said to have any connection to Mr. Trump or anyone associated with Trump Media and Technology Company. The parent company said one person briefed on the matter who spoke on a condition of an, an anonymity. But that's like that, that inherently makes no sense at all because there was a Schwarzman's guy who's also mentioned in this indictment, Garlek or whatever the guy's name is, um, was a board member because of the amount of money Schwarzman invested. So we're talking about a board member here um, was involved in the insider trading of Digital World Acquisition Company, which was supposed to and is still trying to merge with Trump media. And it just goes to show you like, it, it seems that there's nothing that this individual can do that just follows the law and follows the and, and just follows just what the rules and, are. It's everyone that's around him. They believe that they have the same abilities to skirt the law as Donald does. Now, what's something most people may or may not remember, but there was something very weird with this SPAC where there was like $6 million dollars that was invested into the SPAC by a Russian company from overseas. It was it, there was something interesting about that. I wonder how that information is going to be reeled down the road. Look, you nailed it on the head there, pal. You turn around and you said that there's nothing that's in this guy's orbit that's clean, that's done right, because he doesn't know the right ways to do it. It's always in search of making the buck and making sure that you make a buck. And what's easier to make a buck than insider trading when you're controlling the field and it's your bat, it's your ball, they're your players. Yeah, you don't think you know which team is going to win. They both play for you. I mean, that's just how of that's how much of a setup that this actually is. I mean, rest assured, Trump was involved in this spec and if it wasn't Trump then it was one of the kids or both of the kids or Jared who the hell knows? I This is more information that's going to come out. I mean, it's every single day. This is like peeling the proverbial onion. As you move, remove one layer, there's another layer underneath it. And that layer is just as is just as corrupt and dirty as the one that was directly above it. Donald Trump, rest assured, my brigaders, I'm telling you this emphatically. I believe this and I believe it wholeheartedly. Donald Trump will be held accountable for a multitude of his dirty deeds. And I don't care what anybody says. The first one will drop well before the um, election. And Donald Trump, in my, in my belief, Donald Trump will be held accountable. He will be convicted. Whether that stops him from running, that's a whole nother story. That's up to the GOP and the bunch of MAGA morons that still want to give him their money despite the fact they know that he's stealing it and he's using it for his own personal um, reasons instead of even the campaign. Rest assured, he will be convicted and he will be held accountable. And, and we're going to make sure of it. The connection with Russia that you mentioned, so Trump media was running out of money in 2021. And so the then CEO, who's since no longer, he's, I guess, resigned or been fired, Patrick Orlando, set up this scheme where some shady trust in an island called Dominica um, arranged for two tranches of, I think it was close to $6 million to be lent to Trump media. And it was coordinated through a firm that was controlled by Patrick Orlando. And that loan, as far as we know, was never disclosed in any 8K or uh, S, uh, filings with the, uh, with the SEC, which would otherwise be required. And by the way, the Digital World Acquisition Company just made a filing where it said that it was going to have to redo all of its accounting because it had found material defects um, and uh, wrongdoing or improper accounting procedures and systems in place. You know, and this was after, 
You know, Trump media didn't secure the trademark to Truth Social. They failed to pay their vendors on time. Um, you know, just the, you know, and all the criminal investigations, it's the same thing. And then they whine, oh, they're coming after me. They're coming after me. It's because you keep violating the freaking law over and over and over again and doing horrific and heinous and disgusting things like the fact that Trump just filed a cross complaint against E. Jean Carroll, who a jury found Donald Trump sexually assaulted her and awarded her $5 million. Trump sued her for defamation. Alina Haba filed it. I want to talk about this and more, but first let's take a quick break. Ben Micellis here. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. And get this, Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo, BEAT, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat and use the code BEAT to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash beat to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Support for Midas is brought to you by Manscaped, who has the best in men's below-the-waist grooming products. That's right, their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BEAT at manscaped.com. Look, everyone knows that you have to be careful when dealing with the family jewels. You definitely don't want to use an old crusty electric trimmer. Yikes! That's why I'm so excited to partner with Manscaped. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker, Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Reserver Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0, this trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest below the waist trimmer ever? Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has 4000K LED spotlights you'll need for a more precise shave. And because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Reserver Deodorant and Crop Reviver Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code BEAT. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BEAT. 
Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. But 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 beat down political. Yeah, we're talking about down. tools for the jewels. Manscaped. Tools for the jewels, Jordan. <laughs> you got. Listen, I'm going to yeah. tell you, dear old Donald's going to end up needing some Manscaped. I'm going to send that to him, and we finally find out which facility is going to hold them. Too much bad imagery. Let's get back. Political beatdown. Ben Mycel is here joined by Michael Cohen. But seriously, support our sponsors. They're supporting our pro-democracy content. And I see a lot of people seeing these, you know, Jack Smith emojis, the legal AF emojis, the Midas Touch badges. You could become a member of our YouTube page. Um, and then that membership helps support the growth of our network. If you're already a member, you can gift memberships to other people. If you want to receive a membership of the gift, all you have to do is you hit this dollar sign on the bottom right on the YouTube chat, and then you could uh, buy a membership to support the network, buy other people memberships, request a membership as a gift, no pressure. And also make sure you check out Michael Cohen's uh, legal defense fund for all of the ridiculous cases uh, and serious cases, but ridiculous and frivolous cases that Trump has embroiled Michael Cohen in. All of the money in the defense fund goes to uh, Michael Cohen's lawyers uh, and the legal work that is being done. So where we last left off before the commercial break was we were talking about this cross complaint that Donald Trump filed against E. Jean Carroll. People may be confused. I thought the trial's over. Like, what are you talking about, Ben? Well, E. Jean Carroll too is the trial that went before the jury. And that related to statements that were made by Donald Trump in October of 2022 on his social media platform, which basically regurgitated defamatory statements Donald Trump made in 2019 while Donald Trump was in office. The statements Trump made in office in 2019, that case has been referred to as E. Jean Carroll 1. Bill Barr had the United States government substitute in place of Donald Trump. It got removed to federal court. It got appealed. It got appealed to the D.C. Court of Appeal and then found its way back to the federal judge, Judge Lewis Kaplan. And that's set for trial in July of 2024. I'm over. I mean, uh, January 2024. I'm oversimplifying the procedure there. But E. Jean Carroll won 2019 defamatory acts. E. Jean Carroll, two was the case that went to trial. That was E. Jean Carroll's claim for the underlying sexual abuse because New York passed a statute the Adult Survivors Act, which allowed victims of sexual assault and abuse to bring claims for a one-year period if their statute of limitations previously expired. So she filed for the underlying sexual abuse and for defamation um, made by Donald Trump in October of 2022. That went to trial. Uh, e. Jean Carroll prevailed. The jury found Donald Trump did indeed sexually abuse her and did indeed defame her, awarded her $5 million. Now, Donald Trump's claim is well, the jury didn't say rape. They said sexual abuse. They said digital penetration versus a rape. And therefore, I was defamed. I actually won the underlying trial. Alina Haba filed this cross complaint for Donald Trump. It is completely and utterly uh, a disgusting, frivolous cross complaint that is going to be subject to, I think, serious Frivolous sanctions, sanctions under Rule yeah. 11 under the federal rules of civil By procedure. By the way, Ben, Ben, please remind our brigaders as well that this wouldn't be the first sanction. They were sanctioned already in Palm Beach, Florida, for another frivolous action that they had brought. And for that, for that, here we go, my brigaders. All right, who do you think's going to get the two-finger salute today? Yeah, Alina. What the fuck are you thinking? I mean, you 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 think that this is some sort of a joke that whatever it is that Donald wants you to sign that you're going to sign? I mean, have you not seen the damage that it's already cost enough people? Do you see the damage that it's costing America? Oh, yeah, Donald has the right within which to counter sue because, you know, she's now defaming. Do you know that he had to put in 110% of he, in order to bond the money in order to file the appeal that he's now filing uh, in the $5 million verdict that was given to E. Jean Carroll. He had to post 110% in cash with the court. I mean, this idiot 
within 24 hours is on CNN saying the same stupid shit that he just got the $5 million verdict against him. And then Alina Habba goes ahead and files this frivolous action. I mean, seriously, making making Trump look like a bigger asshole than he is? What the fuck are you thinking, Alina? For God's sakes. I mean, I've been... I've been in the room with Alina, and to be honest with you, she asks when we I was being deposed, not once, but at least on two occasions already, she asks intelligent and competent questions. What the hell are you doing by filing this frivolous action after you've already been sanctioned once before? You know what happens when you continuously get sanctioned? Huh? They suspend your license. And then what? You think he's going to still hang out with you because he finds you funny? I mean, what the hell are you thinking about? If you're going to be his lawyer, well, at least be his lawyer and guide him properly. Man, so for that two-finger salute. You mentioned the other case where Alina Habba and Donald Trump Stupid. were sanctioned in the Southern District of Florida by Judge Middlebrooks, almost $1 million in sanctions. And this is what Judge Middlebrooks said in his sanction order. He said, so who is responsible for this case and others like it? The rule of law is undermined by the toxic combination of political fundraising with legal fees paid by political action committees reckless and factually untrue statements by lawyers at rallies and in the media and efforts to advance a political narrative through lawsuits without factual basis or any cognizable legal theory. Lawyers are enabling this behavior, and I am pessimistic that Rule 11 sanctions alone can effectively stem this abuse. Aspects may be beyond the purview of the judiciary, requiring attention of the bar and disciplinary authorities. Additional sanctions may be appropriate, but legal filings like those at issue here should be sanctioned under Rule 11 sanctions, both to penalize this conduct and deter similar conduct by these lawyers and others. Remember, there were two sanctions orders in that Southern District of Florida case by the same judge. And in the other one, Judge Middlebrook states, this case should never have been brought. Its inadequacy as a legal claim was evident from the start. No reasonable lawyer would have filed it, intended for a political purpose. None of the counts of the amended complaint stated a cognizable legal claim. 31 individuals and entities were needlessly harmed in order to dishonestly advance a political narrative, a continuing pattern of misuse of the courts by Mr. Trump and his lawyers undermines the rule of law, portrays judges as partisan, and diverts resources from those who have suffered actual legal harm. No doubt E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, will be citing that in her Rule 11 sanctions motions, which I think Judge Lewis Kaplan, no relation, will be granted. And you, Michael Cohen, cited that language as well in your motion to dismiss Donald Trump's $500 million lawsuit that he filed against you. Exactly what the judge is saying here, intended for a political purpose without cognizable legal claims. It's all about claims. punishment. It's all about retaliation. He cannot acknowledge the fact that a jury came back with a determination that did not favor him. And the reason it did not favor him is because they believed E. Jean Carroll's statement and the witnesses at trial versus a guy who didn't even show up and who didn't present any evidence to the contrary. And so within 24 hours, dipshit Donald goes ahead and says the same stupid shit on CNN when, when he was um, at the town hall with Caitlin Collins. Well, okay. Instead of then shutting up and instead of just owning it, now he wants to add insult to injury because he didn't like the way that it was being spun against him. And now he files this baseless, reckless, retaliatory fundraising scheme, which is exactly what he did to me in the $500 million case, which I am so thankful to all of you. We've had actually a very good fundraising week. So please, to those that have, again, Thank you from the bottom of my heart. And to those that haven't, please consider. All right. He's going to end up with another sanctions motion 
down the road. I mean, it's just obvious. If you read the complaint, it's not even me saying it because I'm the defendant in that case. I'm re only referring to what legal pundits across the board from Fox to CNN to MSNBC to ABC across the board all turn around and say that it lacks validity, that it's merely retaliatory, which is exactly the same thing that Donald Trump did via Bill Barr when they unconstitutionally remanded me back to Otisville because I refused to waive my First Amendment constitutional right. Are we not seeing a pattern here? And yet there are still MAGA morons that are supporting this ass clown. Come on, man. This is why I say in every single political beatdown to my brigaders, and we are growing. And thank God we are really growing by numbers now. I want to say this. Vote. Vote, 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 and vote. And we are going to say it again and again and again. And we're all going to get together in D.C. We're going to march. We're going to march to the Capitol. We're going to make sure that they know who we are, that our voices are heard. And when I say that we're marching, I'm not talking about like January 6th. We're going to march there so that the Republicans, the GOP, know that we are not just centric to New York. We are not just centric to Los Angeles or Chicago or Boston. We are all over this country, and we are growing in size, and we will vote your asses right out of office because you are failing us. You are failing us as members of Congress. And you are allowing an autocratic wannabe monarch dictator Fuhrer to destroy our democracy, and we're never going to let that happen. Because you compare. I always like when we do the comparisons of this is what has been happening under in MAGA Trump world. And it's just Donald Trump calling prosecutors mad dogs, psychos and other horrific names. And in many cases, very racist and disparaging names when it comes to Alvin Bragg or Letitia James or Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis. And you compare that and the gaslighting and the lies and me, 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 I'm the only one who can fix it. You compare it to like what was President Biden? doing this week, right? He was giving multiple speeches on the economy and how the United States GDP growth leads all G7 nations post-pandemic and how United States inflation decrease is uh, leads all G7 nations as well. It's decreased more than all the other G7 nations. So that's just objective data and it's objective data that just doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes from things like the Infrastructure Act and the Inflation Reduction Act, tangible steps that President Biden has taken. And, you know, the MAGA Republicans, they're so shameless. I mean, you got people like John Cornyn in Texas, Senator Republican, MAGA Republican, Tommy Tuberville, MAGA Republican senator from Alabama. You got the uh, South Carolina congresswoman, MAGA Republican Nancy Mace, who tries to act like a centrist, but she's anything. But you got all these people who voted against infrastructure projects by President Biden, who are out there posting, look what I've delivered for you. We're getting you broadband. We're getting you this. We're fixing your bridges. Look at the billions of dollars we're bringing in. Y'all voted against the Infrastructure Act. You voted against these funds. And I like what President Biden said to Tommy Tuberville and called him out in a speech in Chicago and said, I'll see you at the groundbreaking. You voted against this. We're the ones who are bringing tangible benefits to the people. That's why voting is so important. And you and I always say this. Do I agree with President Biden and the Democrats and everything? No, that would be very weird if we did. But, you know, there are things like what was Infrastructure Week was talked about by Donald Trump. Infrastructure Week is coming. Infrastructure Week is coming. There was a bipartisan appetite for Infrastructure Week, and he was such a malignant narcissist focusing on whatever those stupid tests he was taking of like man, woman, person, car, elephant, and talking about that freaking crap than actually doing anything um, that he couldn't even deliver infrastructure when there was bipartisan support for it. So President Biden delivers it. That's an objective win that we should all rally around, and we should call out these MAGA Republicans when who they try to take credit for ben, things they voted for 
want to see infrastructure. I don't care what state you're living in. The roads, the highways, the bridges, the internet. It's all right now second, maybe third rate. They're falling apart. You can't drive your car. My my son, 11 times, he's got his car two years, two years. And literally from Florida to New York, 11 tires have been changed. And the car has, what, 20,000 miles? It's like every 2,000 miles he has to change a tire because he pops them just by going over a pothole. And especially here in New York, it is a disaster. But then New Jersey, the same shit happened up in Westchester. It happened as well. I mean, this isn't even funny anymore. And I'm not the only one. I'm talking to a friend of mine who's in D.C. He was telling me he was on the side of the road changing his tire. This, I mean, our infrastructure is falling apart. Biden just went ahead, and I think he just dedicated another $2.2 billion for infrastructure. We need it. And for God's sakes, do you remember what Donald turned around and said, Ben? He turned around and he said, listen, nobody builds better than me. That's who I am. I'm a builder. I'm a bu- what did he build other than a bunch of bullshit and crap in his diaper? Absolutely nothing. He built nothing. Yeah, how's that wall doing, asshole? Right? No. No. Now, do I believe that there should be borders? Absolutely. Is there anybody here that doesn't think that a country is entitled to have its borders delineated? Of course we are. Does that mean that we have to turn around and jail children and separate them from their parents permanently? The answer, of course, is no. But Donald doesn't give a fuck. And as soon as the 70 million people that voted for him turn around and they cut that cancer right out, right? You got to cut it out. Otherwise, it's going to infect your whole body. And the people who have been infected right now are these MAGA morons that show up and you see them on all forms of social media talking about how Joe Biden's not the president, that it's not even Joe Biden, that Joe Biden, the real Joe Biden died, and now it's an actor like (laughs) that movie David from the past, and that Donald Trump is really pulling all the strings, but Joe is living in the White House with Dr. Jill, I mean, there's the crazy shit that comes out of these people's mouths. It's not even laughable. It's not. It's not funny. It's fucking sad. And if you want any more reason to vote, 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 this horrific United States <gasps> Supreme Court decision today, Students for Fair Admission is an astroturf group created by this person named Edward Blum to constantly challenge the ability of universities and colleges to just factor in to their decision-making process diversity. And that's what the state of the law is. I know people use the term affirmative action, but the reality is if you go back to the Supreme Court precedent from 1978 in a case called Regents of California v. Bakke, it specifically stated that there really wasn't affirmative action that was allowed. It specifically said that you couldn't have any kind of racial quotas at all. So racial quotas didn't exist, but it said that you could consider diversity as a factor. And that was upheld in a 2003 decision called Grutter versus Bollinger. There was a case in 2016 called Fisher versus University of Texas. And it just stands for the proposition that in a variety of factors that can be considered, one factor could be diversity is a good thing. And all of the Supreme Court precedent up until today said, Let's give deference to universities and colleges in terms of how they make their decisions. And uh, all lots of major corporations and the United States military said, um, if you do not allow diversity to be a factor in decision making for admissions, you are going to cripple the economy, and you will cripple the military, where the Supreme Court said, look, military, when it comes to sending people into war, you can consider uh, diversity. That That's where it's okay to consider minorities. Except, uh, Ben, one thing, one thing that Justice Roberts did do, all right, if you, if you read the summation onto it, is he did open up the door that you can actually talk about your race in your essay, and that can be obviously used as consideration. So there is a, a backdoor. I, I, I look, I have, I have to really go through the document better uh, and so on. It's, 
is it real? Was it even really needed? But you know, Ben, one of the things that you and I talk about a lot in breaking news here on Political Beatdown, you know, the more that I get myself riled up into discussing just how defective so many of our members of Congress are and how they are abandoning the ideals of America, American democracy, American greatness. I'm honestly, while I was sitting here and you were talking about what's going on um, with the Supreme Court and in this recent decision, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe going to throw my hat in, in the race for Congress. I'm really thinking about it. And I think maybe what I'm going to do is over the course of the next couple of days, you know, taking the, you know, the July weekend, I'm really going to consider um, making a play for Congress here in New York because somebody really needs to be able to stand up in those halls and not take the bullshit and listen. You don't need to be civil when civility is not on the table. Some of these Republicans are so fucking repugnant and you don't have to be kind to them, right? We need to put them in their place because democracy is worth the fight and somebody has to actually go there and call them out and you don't have to, you know, I start to see like Dan Goldman, he's doing a good job. Jamie Raskin, just brilliant, brilliant in every time he opens his mouth. It's just brilliance. We need more people to be vocal. We need more people to be activists, but not activists like, you know, the Marjorie Toilet Greens of the world. We need them to be activists for good in order to advance so that, yeah, there should be, there needs to be diversity in all schools. You don't want homogenous. We're not a homogenous society, right? We're not South Korea. We're not North Korea. We're not Russia. We're not, I mean, we're just not, we're not a we're not a homogenous society. We are a multicultural society. And you know what? Something that we're learning all the time now, despite the fact that you have GOP and DeSantis and others wanting to ban books and rewrite history. Our history in this country is not stellar. And so if that means that you're making up for the wrongs that were committed, all right, towards, towards black and brown, well, fuck it. Who cares? All right. They, they should be given the opportunity, and it was originally when it was designed, it was supposed to be a 25-year plan. We're somewhere around 19, 20 years in. So why are we already jumping the gun five years in advance? Let's see how things advance. And I think that there are advancements that have been made, but we're nowhere near where it needs to be. So listen, Ben, like I said, some breaking news. I really may, I really may consider this. And when I'm ready for that answer, Right here, political beatdown to my brigaders. That's where you're going to hear it first. Well, that's a bombshell to drop on all of us that mm. we never, <laughs> that we had never talked about. So that's big news. Cohen is going to spend the 4th of July holiday considering whether or not he's going to uh, run for Congress. Of course, uh, I'm a Democrat. Come on, why are people even asking? I've been a Democrat <laughs> my entire life. I mean, you know, if you read my books, you'd realize I worked uh, in 1987 uh, and 88. I worked for Congressman Joe Moakley of Massachusetts, you know, um, as a legislative assistant to a legislative aide. I mean, I was in college at the time, but I've been a Democrat continuously. So yes, I would only run as a Democrat. You, you mentioned a 25-year plan. I do want to note that was a statement made by Sandra Day O'Connor when she wrote the Grutter v. Bollinger decision in 2003. She was a right-wing judge. It doesn't mean that the rest of the court agreed with that majority decision that she arbitrarily said in her opinion that America will no longer be racist in uh, 2028. That seems like a bit of a arbitrary and inaccurate statement uh, to make that there would be rather no well, racism. Knows, ben? Maybe I get my ass into Congress at some point and maybe we <laughs> stop being you know, uh, racist yeah. on that side. Maybe we end up ensuring that these fucking assholes get voted out and that we have people who actually want to work for the American people, who want to advance the country and not themselves. Because, look, the re I agree with you, and I'd love that, because the real danger, too, of today's decision, uh, Supreme Court decision, is the majority says the idea of promoting diversity in admissions 
is a racist policy by focusing on promoting diversity. It's the exact opposite of, of that. W what all these programs promoting diversity has been trying to achieve as all of these corporations that submitted briefs in support of giving deference to college admissions is we need a diverse workforce that will help our economy. The military said that will help our military. It is critical to the functioning of our economy and what makes America so great. And here you had six right-wing Supreme Court justices, lawyers who have no clue what they're even talking about on these issues, making that call and saying, we know better than colleges. We know better than corporations, right? From a group of people who claim, oh, we just exercise judicial restraint. This is the most activist type of decision that you could possibly make and a very, very, very dangerous one. And I'll be covering that more on the Midas Touch Network. Well, a bombshell by Michael Cohen at the end of the show, considering a run for United States Congress. He's going to spend time with his family considering that and thinking about that. But I certainly understand with everything that's going on right now, why you would feel that desire, that call to action. But you're hearing it first here on Political Beatdown. Everybody may also be seeing the new Michael Cohen emojis. The new Cohen emojis. I, we got I haven't Cohen seen emojis. It. Can I see it? Can we, we got post Jack it? Smith emojis? Oh, we 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 made Cohen emojis. I'm not sure if it's officially rolled out yet, oh. but by popular a oh, mea culpa. We got a mea culpa emoji, but we'll get we'll 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 make others. So if you want to support the Midas Touch Network, help this network grow, one of the things that you can do is hit that dollar sign at the bottom of the YouTube page. Become a member of the Midas Touch YouTube. You can buy and gift memberships for other people. You could ask to receive gift memberships. We don't have outside investors, so that's how we grow our uh, media network. Also support Michael Cohen's legal fund. Um, that it, yeah, it's the firewall fund.com. Uh, it's in our description as well. All of that money goes to the lawyers representing Michael Cohen and all of these Trump related cases that he has forced Cohen forced Cohen into. Also check out store.midastouch.com. We got the best pro-democracy gear, including official Maya Culpa podcast gear. Um, that's the Mar-a-Lardo Correctional Facility shirt. All of our gear at store.midastouch.com is 100% union made and 100% made in the United States. Also, support our sponsors. Support our sponsors. Um, I really appreciate that we have sponsors supporting pro-democracy uh, content there in the descriptions. It's great stuff. I use all of the stuff um, uh, all of the sponsor stuff. Um, and so I, I would really highly recommend it and I wouldn't be putting it on the show if I haven't used it or if I haven't wanted to, you know, recommend it. So definitely check that stuff out. Um, a action packed episode of political beatdown with breaking news there at the end that Cohen is considering a congressional run. Um, big news for me to hear that for the first for the first time here. So I was as shocked as the Brigaders. And finally, I want to thank the Brigaders um, for all of your support. You know, none of this is possible without you. We are grateful for you each and every day. You're supporting this pro democracy content. We were the number one news stream in all of YouTube today in the entire world. Number one, number one. in news and politics. And I think we were of all YouTube streams, uh, we were number three in the world of all categories. So that is um, something that I'm I'm just please, guys, so I, honored. Also, uh, ben, please, revenge, revenge, revenge. Help me to make revenge number one. All right. I really want revenge to be number one again. Well, actually, it was number six, uh, but I want to make revenge number one. And more important than even it being number one, I want people to read it so that you understand exactly where my my commitment to this redemption uh, journey that I am on to the political beatdown to the mea culpa podcast, where you understand where it comes from and what will ultimately happen, not to me. I've already gone through it, but what will happen to you, what will happen to this country if we allow someone like Donald Trump ever or Donald Trump 2.0 to end up anywhere near the White House ever, ever again? 
Thank you, Brigaders. We love you. We'll see you on the Midas Touch Brother Show later tonight at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern. Don't miss it. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Hit subscribe right now. Shout out to the Midas Mighty.